Next, the golden days of radio. Hi, this is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Tom Mix and our in-person guest, author Jim Harmon. On this edition of the Golden Days of Radio, it's my pleasure to present uh, a fine writer of old radio history and many other things, Jim Harmon. Jim, welcome to the program. Well, I'm glad to be here again. It's my second visit. Yes, it is. You were on the program a couple of years ago, and it was uh, around that time that you had written your first book called The Great Radio Heroes, which uh, traced some of the some of the all-time great adventure shows, such as Jack Armstrong and uh, well, Isle of the Mystery and Tom X. They were, uh, they were great then, and unlike a lot of the old things that we fondly remember and then rediscover, they still stand up pretty well. They, They'll they, be great forever. Well, uh, to us, they will be. You followed that up with a, another book called The Great Radio Comedians. That's uh, right. Uh, that's about, obviously, it's about Jack Benny and Fred Allen. And uh, even in that, though, I always loved the kid shows. And I, I went into uh, uh, people we don't often think of as comedians like uh, the comedians. <laughs> well, yeah, she was pretty funny writing uh, Let's Pretend. But there's Billy Fairfield, you know, Jack, uh, Jack Armstrong, sidekick. And he was he was pretty funny. You did another book that's very exciting to me, and it's uh, all about the uh, the uh, motion picture serials. Yes, it's called uh, the Great Movie Serials, and uh, I wrote that in collaboration with a young fellow named Donald F. Glute, and it's about uh, uh, a lot of famous characters that were also on the radio: The Shadow and uh, the Lone Ranger. And uh, does Jack this Armstrong. give you a history of the of the program along with the cast and how many films yes, were made? Yes, that's and, right. Uh, it uh, does. It's it's not it's not one of these books that's like a dictionary or something to look up. It's a book to read. You know, it's told in a in a narrative form that you hopefully sit down and read it from start to finish. But all of this material is is contained within it. You're also doing a book that really excites me, and this is on the the radio premiums. Yes, it's a large part of it will be about radio premiums, and then it will, to some extent, be about just about anything nostalgic that we used to, uh, you know, we used to love, like Dixie Cup lids and so forth. Uh-huh. You know, they had movie star pictures on them. Remember that? Sure. But it's a lot. A lot of it is about radio premiums that were connected with uh, kid shows like. Uh, Jack Armstrong, and particularly Tom Mix. The Tom Mix show, uh, I'm uh, working with some other collectors trying to compile a list of all the premiums that the Tom Mix show offered from 1933 to 1950. Well, I'm sure many of the listeners... 97. 97 items. That I I, I can't imagine that they had that many premiums. I was going to say I would imagine a lot of listeners wouldn't remember... or know what a premium is, what they offered. Well, it was the ring or the badge that you sent a box stop in and you and you got back. And there were other varieties, but I think rings and badges, they were the biggies. And uh, Little Orphan Annie shake-up mug. And now, Jack Armstrong had a lot of premiums, too. He'd, uh, he had uh, a hycometer that you'd right, attach to your right. belt, and it would tell you how far you've walked. And that's, uh, that's a particularly interesting premium in that... Uh, they changed the name slightly. Uh, the first one came out about 1940, and that was called a Jack Armstrong pedometer. And uh, then 
They yeah. found out pedometer was a dirty word. Well, they found out it was too esoteric, which is another <laughs> dirty word, and so they did change it to hycometer, as you uh-huh. said. And uh, Jack Armstrong offered that premium, you know, years apart, several times. Then Originally, it was a dime, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, a box top. And uh, then General Mills, uh, the makers of Wheaties and sponsor Jack Armstrong, offered the essentially the same thing on the Lone Ranger, and you could get a Lone Ranger pedometer or hikometer, right. and you get a Sergeant Preston pedometer or hikometer. Uh, you have been a radio collector for uh, for a long time, and you have some favorites, and as you mentioned, and I guess that's the reason you wrote The Great Radio Heroes, because you were so taken by some of the radio adventure shows. Yes, and... and Besides which, they offer me ten thousand bucks. Uh, that is probably one of the nicest reasons for liking old radio uh, and uh, and uh, old things. Uh, you, um, I, I, I looked at the book, and, and you've got a lot of interesting stories. But you, you've got some interesting stories about comics. And I remember once you brought in uh, to the studio on a TV show you, uh, that we were on uh, a gun, a, a um, wooden gun, th- right. a wooden gun. Now that was a premium too, wasn't it? Yes, uh, that uh, they, again, that was one of the premium that they offered several times with uh, several slightly varying models. And you sent in a, a box top, and uh, later on you sent a, they ask you a dime too, and you got this. Uh, Pretty snazzy-looking uh, wooden gun with Tom Mix's signature on the handle and everything. What would that premium be worth today? Uh, the original premium is worth about a hundred dollars. <laughs> That's inflation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I suppose if they could manufacture something like it and sell it, I suppose for about half a dollar now. Uh-huh. Now you're still collecting, and yes. uh, you, you you talk to other collectors, and you look at uh, you know in trash barrels, and uh, I guess old bookstores and old record That's shops. That's true. And uh, you told me that you just came up with a with a new find. Uh, well, it was this this recording that I brought with me for uh, some years. I I've been looking for a an episode of Tom Mix from a particular era. Um, all of the episodes, and I'm sure you know you collect these too, and all the episodes of uh, Tom Mix that have shown up so far have been with Curly Bradley playing the part of Tom Mix and from the late 40s or 1950. Now this is an earlier program um, from uh, 1942. It's from January 1st, 1942. And in this show, uh, Russell Thorson plays the part of Tom Mix, and Curly Bradley plays the sidekick, Pecos. That was before Curly Bradley moved up to the title role. Later well, on. that's why it's of particular yeah, interest to you as it, a collector. It's the only one with Russell Thorson, who was the first uh, Tom Mix I can remember when I was a little kid. There were even earlier actors in the part, but he's the one I remember when I was a little tiny tot. And, and Tom Mix never played Tom Mix on the show, did he? No, I've people argue with me about that, but he never played the part. Uh, he uh, licensed uh, his name, and it was like uh, licensing his name to a comic magazine or a pulp magazine or something. It was just a, it was just a product, and he was always impersonated uh, by somebody. And in the early days of the show, uh, before Tom Mix died, the real Tom Mix, uh, the, the credit line was Tom Mix was impersonated. And uh, it was always that way. He never played the part. He presumably could have. He did talk uh, talking movies. He, there's, again, you hear legends, you know, that he couldn't talk. <laughs> but he, uh, he didn't have a great voice, but he, he could uh, have done the part if he'd cared to. He did do interviews on the radio, which I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he never played the part in the Ralston show. He was always, it was always, I can remember the actors. The first man who did it was Artellus Dixon. 
Where are you now? Whatever Artemis? happened to him? <laughs> yes, one he, of my favorite radio actors. He didn't go on to greater things, I'm afraid. And then um, there was one other man whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, and I wonder uh, what happened to him too. Uh, I know what happened to him. He was the announcer on the on the National Barn Dance. Can, can you think of who I'm trying to think of? Uh, from uh, Chicago? Yeah. Uh, w- uh, ja- not Joe Kelly. Uh, Jack Holden. Uh, oh, Jack Holden. Yeah, that's it. Uh, J- Joe Kelly was the MC, and Jack Holden was the the announcer. Well, you see, I couldn't think of it. You well, did it yourself. You, well, you said Jack, so that's what made me think of it. All right, let's listen to this uh, this new find of yours. This is from, you said, January 1st, 1942. Right. And this is uh, uh, a very... Very old and a, really a collector's item, uh, a very early Tom Mix, and Tom Mix is played by Russell, Russell Thorson. Thorson. All right, Denny. Tom Mix Ralston Street Shooters are on the air from coast to coast. Let's get going! <laughs> up, Tony, up, boy. Dangerous Gang has taken Wrangler prisoner. George Hickman of Hickman and Company, Los Angeles. This is Tom Mix, Mr. Hickman. I'm calling from Capital City. Oh, yes, Mr. Mix. What can I do for you? Mr. Hickman, I want you to give me a list of all jobbers in Capital City to whom you've sold your new stylus brand of paper within the last two months. Anything wrong, Mr. Mix? Plenty, but I can't take the time to tell you now. I'll be mighty obliged if you'll just give me the information I need without asking questions. Oh, yes, certainly. Just give me a minute to get the list of our jobbers in Capital City, and I'll be able to tell you what you want to know in no time at all. I'm from the police department. I want a list of all your customers who bought the new Hickman Stylus brand of paper within the last two months. Now, don't ask questions. Just give me and the list. we'd like a complete list of all the people you've sold this Stylus brand of stationery to in the last two months. And I'm trying to get on the trail of all the folks who's bought this year kind of paper in the last two months. I'd be mighty obliged to your pardon if you do that. Three hundred and forty-two people, of which we've gone through one hundred and twenty-nine so far, and here it is, eleven o'clock. Yeah. Mix, I tell you, we'll never make it. There isn't time. We've, we've got to do something. Yeah, you're right, Chief. We'll never be able to check the rest of this list in the next hour. Oh, no. I hate to think of it, but there's always the chance that the mastermind may have bought this paper in some other city. Doggone. Do you reckon he might have done that, Tom? Well, there's no telling, Pickers. Chief. Yeah? I'm afraid we'll have to leave another flower at the desk in the hotel after all. It'll gain us another hour or two, and... Well, you never know. We may be able to turn up something in that time. It's possible. Pegasus. Yeah, Tom? Now, you go back to the hotel. Yeah? I better stay here at police headquarters and keep checking on these names. Uh-huh. Now, stop in at a florist on the way and pick up a faded rose. Uh-huh. Leave it at the desk. Give it to the clerk. Tell him to give it to whoever calls for it. Yeah. Got that straight? Yeah, I got it. All right, after you've done that, come right back here. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Huh? You got a gun with you? I ain't traveling without one anymore. Good. Get going, then. I'm on my way. I regret the lateness of my arrival, Master. No matter. You have brought the flower? Yes, Master. They waited long enough before making up their minds. It is an easy thing, I dare say, to trifle with another's life, so long as it is not your own. You have saved the wrangler's life by a scant ten minutes. It was not my fault, Master. The flower was left at the hotel desk only fifteen minutes ago by Mix's cowboy friend. You are sure you are not followed here? Positive. Give me the flower. Yes, I, I have it here. You will keep your promise, Master. You will not do away with this wrangler person. Have you ever known me to go back on my word? I never say something I do not mean. I will release the man as certainly as I should have killed him on the stroke of twelve had you not brought the flower. 
Wait. Is that the flower? It is, Master. That is the flower left at the hotel desk? Yes, Master, of course. I would not bring you any other. You senseless fool, you idiot. Have you no eyes that you cannot see? There's something wrong. Wrong? Of course it's wrong. That flower has the blooms still on it. Well, I do not see what... The flower we are after is withered and dead. It was given to the girl by her father two weeks ago, the day on which he died. Already it was losing its freshness when she gave it to Tom Mix on the plane. And you, you idiot, bring me a rose plucked only a day or so. Must I never Does thought... Does Mix I... consider me such a fool that he thinks I will fall for so obvious a trick? Mix will suffer for this, and I will also get the flower. He'll suffer through his friend, Wrangler. Where is Mix now? At the chief's office, police headquarters. You will go to the corner drugstore. You will telephone Mix from there and tell him either I hear from him by one o'clock or Wrangler dies. I will give him one more hour. One and no more. Is that clear? Yes, master. When you have delivered my message, hang up quickly. We do not want the police tracing the call. Very good, master. Then go. On your way out, tell Joe to bring the Wrangler. And I watched, Tom. Yeah. And I saw an hombre come up to the desk, take the flower from the clerk, and skedaddle out of there pronto. Good. I hope it works. We need the time to get through these names. How are the reports are coming in, Tom? Police cars throughout the city are investigating names and addresses that look suspicious. My boys here at headquarters are telephoning all the others just as a double check. Oh, Mix. This may be what we're waiting for. Yeah. Hello? Let me talk to Tom Mix. Just a minute. For you, Mix. Thanks. Hello? Tom Mix? Yeah? I'm calling for the mastermind. Yes? Yes? Chief. You are uh, a fool, Mix, to think you could deceive the mastermind by sending the wrong flower. Uh, what? I, uh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't get that. Check the call coming in on 604. Quick. You need not play for time, Mix. Suffice it to say, my master has discovered your trick, and you will pay dearly for it unless you give him what he wants. You will pay dearly through your friend Wangler. Oh, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Unless you leave the right flower at the desk, before one o'clock, Wrangler will die. Contact card 23. This is your last warning. Don't eat it well. All right. I guess I haven't any choice in the matter. You tell the mastermind I'll do as he says. I'll leave the real flower at the hotel desk by one o'clock tomorrow afternoon. You do not understand me. I said one o'clock in the morning. Oh, but that's less than an hour from now. I can't get the flower in that time. Get the flower or Wrangler dies. Now listen to me. I've got to have more time. Mix, keep, keep him on there as long as you can. It's impossible for me to get that flower by one o'clock. I'm merely giving you the message I was told to give you. Goodbye. Hello. Hello. Uh, he's hung up. Well, at least we've gained another hour, Chief. But this time, the mastermind means what he says. Either we manage to reach Wrangler by one o'clock, or I reckon we won't have to bother about reaching him at all. Tomorrow, Tom Mix swings into action, closes in on the mastermind's hideout, and then, for the thrilling climax to this exciting mystery, be sure to listen in tomorrow. Harry, you look like you just lost your best friend. Ah, oh, Sylvia refused to marry me because I don't have SGLI coverage. Harry, Sylvia knows that a man with SGLI is a man with vision. She does? And she knows that SGLI gives every serviceman the opportunity to have financial security and protection. She does? And she knows that SGLI rates have been reduced by 15%, so now two fifty-five a month will get you $15,000 worth of insurance. Well, how does Sylvia know so much about SGLI? She's our finance officer. 
Jim, that Tom Mix show was uh, was something to hear, and the quality was fantastic. Yes, it uh, you know right off the transcription, that's the best way to get them. That's one of those glass-based discs. Yeah, right, right. They had great fidelity, but unfortunately, they they had a tendency to break if you dropped them. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it is. How many premiums did you say Tom Mix had? Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Yeah, that's over the course of eighteen years. Uh huh. And uh, some of the other shows just had a dozen or so. My my favorite uh, Tom Mix premium came out about 1939-40. And uh, it was a ring that you you looked into and you saw a magnified picture of Tom Mix and Tony inside. Uh, the ad said it was magnified a thousand times. And I remember sending my dime and my box top from Ralston off for that. And it finally came... And it was a nice-looking ring. You know, it said TM Bar on top, Ralston Straight Shooters. And I held up the light, and I, I looked in, and I couldn't see anything in there. And I thought, Tom Mix has taken me. If there was <laughs> one guy in the world I thought I could trust, it was Tom Mix. But now I've got his lousy ring, and I'm looking in there, and I can't see any magnified picture of Tom Mix. And uh, I took this problem to my dad, and uh, he figured out, what the problem was. I was looking in the wrong end. So I looked in the right end, and I could see the picture of Tom Mix and Tony very clearly. Now, I had this when I was, you know, like six years old, and um, <clears throat> I didn't, you know, I lost it somewhere along the line. And since I do collect premiums, I advertised uh, to try to find this for some years, and I found a lot of other stuff, Tom Mix badges and other rings, uh, a Tom Mix magnet ring, Tom Mix slide whistle ring, and finally, I got an answer from a fellow who had a Tom Mix mystery picture ring, as it's called, and uh, he wanted an arm and a leg for it, but I sent in somebody's arm and leg for it, and I got it. And, uh, you know, it came special delivery as I requested, and I took it out of the box, and I looked in, and I, my idea was that this, this fellow had cheated me out of a considerable amount of money because I couldn't see anything in that ring. And then... I discovered that I was looking in the wrong end. After 30 years, I <laughs> hadn't learned anything. <laughs> they should have sent some instructions along with that ring, I think. Well, it was so obvious they thought anybody but a nitwit would figure out the right side to look into. Is this something you're going to mention in your book on uh, premiums? Yeah, in Harmon's Nostalgia Catalog. Well, we'll all look for that. Jim, I want to thank you for joining me on the Golden Days of Radio and have you back uh, again sometime. And we're going to close with a parody of two famous radio shows. This is something that uh, you... Yes, I, I wrote, produced, and starred in, just like Orson Welles. Uh-huh. And everybody listened to it, and they said, Jim, get out of the business. <laughs> and the title is? Mob Smashers. Well, look, it's Roundup time, so let's get going. <laughs> Up, Tony. Up, boy. Up. Mob smashers. All over this great country, the police, federal operators, Texas Rangers, and straight shooters have banded together to smash anybody who gets in their way. It's a war to smash every mob of rowdies and troublemakers in the land. These are mob smashers. Picture our settings, a fake office that might have been turned over to us by the mayor of Pasadena, or might not have been. Our fake interview features by phoning the police chief of Jackass Heights, South Virginia. 
she's full gore. Greetings, Mob Smashers fans. The case I have for you is a story of murder, torture, mayhem, and meanness. A story I'm sure you'll all love as much as I do. It begins in our Jackass Heights police station a few years ago. Well, now, let me tell you, by the Holy Hoover, Chief, we've asked every studio in town about this mug and the green mask until our knuckles ache, but we can't get no line on him. I know you boys are doing your best, Malone, and it, well, it makes me proud. Well, gosh, Chief, I don't know what to There's say. no time for that now, Malone. What about this Spalpeen's automobile? You say witnesses so say it makes a funny noise? Yeah, right, Chief. It makes sort of a buzzing. A buzzing, you say? Malone, check all the repair shops for a car with a defective muffler. It's our only lead. Uh, 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 Bugs. The cops is making it tough all over for us guys in the underworld. Getting so a guy can't make a dishonest buck. I tried to roll a six-year-old punk for his lunch money the other day, and it turns out he's taking karate. Not a cop with this dragnet for the guy in a green mask. <laughs> Shut up, Whitey, or I'll blow your brains no. out. But you're... I, yeah. get a, I get a kick out of killing guys. I like to kill, get me? Yeah, sure, Bucks. You guys got a right to have a little fun. You like to kill guys? I like pulling bullying myself. Games for candy weight. Yeah. Candy. Killing is a man's game. And I got the solution to our problem. Yeah, sure, Bucks, sure. Sure. If the cops can't get the guy in the green mask with the funny-sounding car, us crooks will kill him ourselves. Tell off the boys. The underworld is going to kill Greeny. You ratsies are never going to do it. This gas gun in my hand says you're never going to see the face behind this green mask. Yo, what you want here? The, the loot from your last 11 bank robberies. I'm tired of always getting the blame for crimes without getting any of the cash. Well, what are you going to do with this? You're going to take this gas. <coughs> hey, underling, get the old heap warmed up. Get some, Miss Boss. Get some. There you have it, Mob Smashers fans. The man in the mask got away with the proceeds of 11 bank robberies. However, we are still questioning honest citizens. The man in the green mask will be caught. There is no such thing as a perfect crime. Lawbreakers always lose. The punk won't be able to get away scot-free. You betcha. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. Our thanks to our in-person guest, Jim Harmon. Are you one of those who take for granted the liberties and freedoms granted to you as an American citizen? Take the freedom to own property, alone or in association with others. This includes a business and a chance to be a productive citizen. Think what it would be like if citizens couldn't own property. This freedom granted to you cannot be taken for granted. All freedoms must be cherished and protected. The commercial announcements were for entertainment purposes only and are not an endorsement of the Department of Defense. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.